Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. It's for the joy. <laughs> you may laugh at this joyful subject. We're going to talk about fasting today. And right now, we're going to start fasting. Ready? We're going to fast from now till lunch. (laughs) So we can say we fasted today. (laughs) I'm going to attempt to help us understand uh, our favorite spiritual discipline of all, and that's fasting. I don't know. I've really never heard anybody say, I love fasting. It's awesome. It just, I've just really never heard that. We're living in a current age of time that we are bombarded with food choices. You know, it didn't used to always be that way. When I was a kid, let's go back, way, way back. Restaurants weren't even open on Sundays. And then when they did start opening on Sundays, we weren't about to go there. And then there was Woody's chicken. And that changed that law. (laughs) So we used to go to Woody's chicken and pick up 25 boxes of chicken. I probably am not exaggerating. And um, bring it home. That was a good Sunday memory right there. It's not the will of the Lord that they closed down. Health reasons, it was the will of the Lord, but... (laughs) My taste buds don't agree. Anyway, there are food advertisements everywhere you look. I mean, you could not even be hungry at all. And then you see an advertisement for tacos. And then you're like, where, where is the closest Taco Bell? Where is it? Because I need to go right now. Um, we're just bombarded with it. Not just food, though, but really anything that our heart and our flesh can desire is being advertised everywhere. We're living in a world of indulgence. Anybody agree with that? Do whatever makes you happy. Say whatever makes you happy. Whatever. It's just a a world of indulgence. So applying um, the self-discipline of fasting is not easy. It never has been easy, but I think because Um, Just indulgence overall is readily available. I think it makes it even harder now. And maybe it's because I'm older now and it's not as easy. I don't know. Um, But when we apply the self-discipline of fasting, it helps us to overcome the flesh and not be so driven by the world's enticement of self-indulgence. It's not easy, but the things that are not easy are usually the things that are the best for us, right? It's very easy for us to give in to our flesh with its lust and desires. The world has made it very easy to sin. 
or just live an undisciplined lifestyle. Sin is the easy way out. It takes real effort to live a disciplined life. Fasting is, it's almost unheard of in the day that we live in, except for within the church. And I don't even know, I have no idea uh, if all churches still talk about it, teach about it, whatever. Um, so it's either just in the church or it's in the health conscious world. Now, of course, there are those extreme religions that proclaim a fast so they can get things politically or, you know, try to get things done, but those are not biblical. Biblical fast. So, first we're going to talk about different fast in the Bible and the why of fasting. And then we're going to end with the benefits and the actual joy of fasting. You're like, well, that sounds like a fairy tale. <laughs> uh, there are fasts called, for specific reasons, times of trouble, needing a miracle, needing God's intervention. Uh, at one point, Judah was being invaded, so Jehoshaphat called a fast. Second Chronicles 20, verses 3 and 4. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And then in uh, 20 verses 15 through 18, the Lord answers and he speaks through one of the priests, Jehazel, Jehazel <laughs> something like that. And he said, hearken ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. They had a great need, and they knew what to do about it. It doesn't say how long they fasted or if it was a complete fast from food and water. But they were desperate for help and they knew they needed to get God's attention. Fasting was just a given back in the time. It was just a normal thing to do. Esther is a great example of a fast because of a need for God's intervention, her People were about to be annihilated, 
and they needed an immediate help from the Lord. Esther 4 and 16, go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast ye for me and neither drink and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. Somebody say, I'm glad I wasn't there. <laughs> I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. And then Esther 8, 1 and 2 is the results of that time that the Lord intervened. On that day did King Ahasuerus give the house of Haman, the Jews, enemy unto Esther the queen and Mordecai came before the king for Esther had told what he was unto her and the king took off his ring which he had taken from Haman and gave it unto Mordecai and Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman and then in verse 11 wherein the king granted the Jews which were in every city to gather themselves together and to stand for their life to destroy and to slay and to cause to perish all the power of the people and province that would assault them, both the little ones and women, and to take the spoil of them for a prey. Wow. It's awesome to read those stories, isn't it? I love when the Lord answers in such a dramatic way that it's undeniable, that it's only God can get the glory for it. So that was a three-day fast without food or water. So that's a pretty serious fast. And uh, from what science tells us and nutritionists tell us, that's about as long as you should go without water. <clears throat> now food, you can continue on much longer than that. But when your life depends on it, when there is a very serious situation you don't really care to give up food or water. If your life is at stake or your children's lives are at stake or your brothers or sisters or parents, whoever it is, your people, I think we would be willing to give up anything to see a change. Now, of course, Daniel exampled a partial fast when he denied himself the things that he enjoyed eating. He also was in a very serious situation. But he had such a commitment to Jehovah that he wanted to do something about it, something to add to his prayers. Because we know he prayed three times a day. He didn't care who knew it. <clears throat> Some have suggested that the reason he didn't fully fast was because it was required of him to be present at every meal that was prepared. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but some commentaries propose that. If that was the case, then he just denied himself uh, food that was pleasant to his taste. And if anybody ever calls for a Daniel fast, I'm one of the people who say, I'll just fast completely, thank you. I'm not going to sit there and look at the chocolate cake at the table and just say, well, I'll just take this instead. I just don't want anything. <laughs> yeah, I really do not like the Daniel fast, and I really would rather fast completely. 
it's hard to find things that aren't pleasant to my taste buds. <laughs> so I guess I could force myself into eating all raw onions and then see, I wouldn't want to eat it all. So Daniel 10, 2 and 3. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread. Neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth. Neither did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. He needed help. So he disciplined himself with fasting. I can testify that I have been on some fast out of desperation. That I wanted to see a change. That I was absolutely desperate for a change. And I saw God come through in a miraculous way. As the Bible says in some places, I set myself to seek the Lord. And I needed to do it without any distractions at all. And I can tell you there's a few instances um, that there was no doubt it was the hand of God that came through. God's always been a deliverer for his people. Always. When we cry out in desperation, he tunes his ear to us. When we humble ourselves and when we add fasting, he takes notice. He notices anyway. Here's every prayer. But these stories let us know that fasting adds something to prayer. God always sees the motives of our heart. You know, we can all go without food and call it a fast. But if we're not adding prayer to that, and, uh, you know, then we're just really going without food. There are examples in the Bible, of course, a 40-day fast. And to me, when I see these fasts, these fasts were uh, those who were looking for some spiritual guidance. They know that they need something. They need some guidance. They need help for what's about to happen. Or maybe they know a change is coming. Um, I remember very clearly, uh, my dad picking me up from coming to church camp to pick me up. And, of course, I was a kid, you know. It was nothing unusual for him not to be at the supper table because he fasted a lot. He just had that discipline. That was just part of his life. Um, and so I probably noticed before camp that he wasn't at the table too much. But then when he came to camp to pick me up and, you know, I turned around, I'm looking and there he is and I got scared. I mean, my dad was always a very thin man, but he looked like he was dying and it really scared me. <laughs> and I remember, I don't know if I waited till the end of the service or not, but I ran back there and I'm like, what's the matter? Are you okay? He's like, stop it. Shh. Like, <laughs> like, you look like you're, you're sick. He's like, oh, like, I don't want to tell you. Would you shut up? You know, he's like, no, I'm just fasting. It's okay. I'm like, oh, okay. Whew. But that was the time. Uh, I think he was on his 40-day fast seeking the Lord because he knew that the Lord needed something of him. And, 
and he wanted to figure out what that was and they were filling their call to the mission field and I think he just wanted to be sure of that so that's what I see in the Bible when those who fasted for 40 days it was they just needed some spiritual guidance um, Moses was one in Exodus 34 and 28 <clears throat> and he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights he did neither eat bread nor drink water now that was supernatural right there and he wrote upon the tables the words of the covenant the ten commandments well, I don't know about you but I'm thankful he went on that fast <laughs> we have the ten commandments today he was in tune with the voice of the Lord. Elijah went on the strength of the meat that God provided for him for 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus, before he ever began his ministry, he spent time putting the flesh aside and using the discipline of fasting. Matthew 4, 1 and 2 then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterwards hungered. He was preparing. Now, he was God. He could have done it all without that. But I do believe that was a great example for us. And that, as I said, anybody can go without food, you know, Heathens can go without food. They fasted. Jezebel called for a fast. She just wanted everybody to be in the same mindset so she could get her way. And she did get her way for a few days until God avenged her enemy and took her and Ahab's lives. Of course, we know the Pharisees fasted. And everyone knew the Pharisees fasted. <laughs> they made sure everyone knew. So there are right ways to fast and there are wrong ways to fast. Luke 18, 9 through 12. And he spake a parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. So this is Jesus speaking a parable to these people. He said two men went up into the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee, the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee. I'm sorry. I always go into that dramatic voice when I read this. <laughs> that I am not as the other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Jesus had something to say about this self-righteousness. In verse 14, he said, For everyone that exalteth himself shall be humiliated, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. He always knows the motive of our hearts. We can fool a lot of people, but we ain't fooling God. They may have had a religious discipline, but it wasn't a spiritual discipline. They had no power. Jesus taught this about fasting in Matthew 6, 16 through 18. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, 
for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Everybody knows it. There's your reward. But thou, when thou fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that ye appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Matthew 17, 14 through 21. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. Oft times he falleth into the fire and oft in the water. And I brought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, <clears throat> and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If you have faith, as a grain of a mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. That scripture right there, I think, is what drove me to some of my fast. Because you can pray and pray and pray and pray and pray over a situation and not see it change. And depending on how that situation affects you personally, affects your heart, um, sometimes you're just like, I'm, I, I've got to see this happen. And so you add fasting to it. In his teaching, Jesus says, when ye fast. It was like just the normal thing to do because it was he just expected them to fast it was common practice of the day so Jesus wasn't giving them a law you must fast but instead he was instructing them the proper way to fast so should Christians fast today or was that just for back in the Bible if it's not a command or a law, well, with Jesus, he just took it as a given because it was a common practice. Matthew 9, 14 and 15, he also said a little bit more about fasting. <clears throat> then came to him the disciples of John saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast oft, but thy disciples fast not? And Jesus said unto them, can the children of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then shall they fast. So it was just a given. And, you know, although Pastor and I have asked those in leadership positions to fast on a regular basis, it still doesn't mean it's a law. <laughs> And it will not be turned into a law. Now, 
I will admit that I always thought it was a law or a command, even though I never read it, uh, that you fast one day a week because it was just a practice in our home. So from the time I can remember, five years old or whatever, um, I'm not like my husband. His memory goes back to nine months or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mine goes back to maybe five years if I'm pushing it. Oh, five months? Yeah. He remembers eating baby food. Let's just put it that way. <clears throat> but we can't say what age he was when he stopped eating it either. <laughs> I don't know what that was. I know if I bought the tapioca pudding for the boys when they were little, he wanted some of it. So I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, I kind of thought it was a law in the Bible or a command in the Bible just because it was a practice in our home. Um, no one ever said that it was a command, but just like Jesus, it was expected. It was just a part of our life. But I think because my parents realized how beneficial that it was to the Christian life. Jesus included fasting in the same way that he talked about praying, in the same way he talked about giving, it was just expected to be a part of the lifestyle of a Christian. All of these things are sacrificial. They're spiritual disciplines. None of them are easy. But they're all very, very important and totally um, help us in our Christian walk. There are different types of fast that we talked about. Some people cannot fast food completely because of physical conditions or medicine. Um, but it's not about what you do. It's about putting the flesh down. That's the purpose. If Daniel was in that position where he literally could not go without a meal he could not come to the table and sit down and refuse the food if that was the case he just refused to eat things that were pleasant to him there are so many different types of fast so why fast why do we fast what is the point anyway to lose weight <laughs> that is the biggest joke ever because as soon as you start eating again, it comes back and the other 10 pounds comes with it. Because, you know, you think you're dying. So you might as well make up for all that lost time, right? I have never allowed myself to weigh after a fast, like a long fast. Because I know what's happening. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Um, but the point is to take this thing called our flesh, our will, and say, no, you are not going to control me. You are not in control today. Today, I'm giving my thoughts completely to the Lord. You will not control me. You will not tell me what to do. You will not tell me what to eat. You will not tell me what decisions to make. You know, modern culture does not understand such rigid disciplines as fasting. Or really any other disciplines. People would say to you, why 
do you ever need to say no to yourself when you can have anything that you want? It doesn't make any sense. You got a credit card, go buy what you want. They don't understand that we don't belong to ourselves. We were bought with a priceless sacrifice. We belong to the Lord. It's hard to imagine in this world of three meals and two snacks every single day consumed by the average American why anyone would give that up. But I can tell you one reason why. Because if I stay in control every day of my life, I make all my decisions, then I give God no control. My will will continue to happen instead of his will. I'll never fulfill the purpose that he created for me if I allow him no control. And one of the best ways to give him control is to give up something you love. Another why of fasting, because some things, some miracles, some deliverances come only by prayer and fasting. I've seen it happen. I believe that when we fast, our minds become clearer to think. We become more spiritually, more spiritually sensitive. And then when we pray, we don't pray amiss. We pray and we align ourselves with the will of God. And he begins to move and he begins to change things. I believe he always has a plan. <laughs> but sometimes he's just waiting on us to get in line with that plan. Richard Foster says, more than any other discipline, Fasting reveals the things that control us. This is a wonderful benefit to the true disciple who longs to be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. We cover up what is inside us with food and other things, but in fasting, these things surface. If pride controls us, it will be revealed almost immediately. David writes, I humbled my soul with fasting. Anger, bitterness, jealousy, strife, fear. If they are within us, they will surface during fasting. Fasting reminds us that we are sustained by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Food does not sustain us. God sustains us. While we are abstaining from food, we are feasting on the word of God. Fasting helps us stay balanced. 1 Corinthians 6 and 12, all things are lawful unto me. I can keep eating. I don't ever have to fast. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. They're not the best thing for me. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. That scripture came to me a few years ago when the Lord talked to me about giving up sugar. And um, he asked me to go on a sugar fast for one year. I thought I was going to die. But here I am, 
alive and full of sugar again. <laughs> That's why I'm so sweet. <laughs> but it took me nine months to like unsweet tea. Oh, that was hard. And now, that's all I drink. So, thank the Lord. That's one sugar that I don't have in my system anymore. <laughs> he goes on to say, Our human cravings and desires are like rivers that tend to overflow their banks. Fasting helps keep them in their proper channels. Our human cravings and desires are like rivers that tend to overflow their banks. Fasting helps keep them in their proper channels. Now again, this discipline on its own is not powerful. It may be good for your health, but it's not powerful to just go without food. However, it becomes powerful when we add prayer to it. We're telling our flesh, no. And that's a good thing. We are taking time to find the mind of God. And you put those two together and it is a great equation for power. Fasting is not to manipulate God. He cannot be manipulated. And sometimes we may think when we read those stories, they called for a fast and then everything changed, that that was manipulating God. Can you, you know, we're going to do this so you'll do that. No. Fasting is not to look or seem spiritual in the eyes of others. It's a private matter between you and God. Even though I have testimonies about fasting and the results of it, it's very hard to share those because it is very private. Now, I have kept journals um, about fasts that I've been on, and maybe when I die, somebody can read those. But... It is. It should be a very private matter. Now, of course, you know, we go on corporate fast here together, and we're going to be doing that in a week or so. And uh, then we can all share in our woes together. We can all complain together about no caffeine and blame Brother Ayers for it all. We need somebody to blame. But when it's a corporate fast, of course, you know, we're all doing it together, so we can talk about it. But we have seen the direct result of corporate fasting right here. We have prayed and fasted this year for an awakening and God has answered. He has truly answered. This morning when I was talking to the Lord about this lesson and I said, Lord, you know, I have all this written out, but is there anything that you would like to say? He is so kind. He said that I am to tell you, thank you. Thank you for sacrificing. Thank you for every time that you have fasted. You know, that means you're trusting in the Lord. And that says a lot to him. I was a little taken back by that. I thought he was going to, you know, give me a scripture or whatever. But he said, just tell them thank you for fasting. 
So where is the joy? I want to end with this. Where's the joy? (laughs) If these uh, disciplines are supposed to be celebrated, then where is the joy? Seems hard to find joy when your stomach is growling, right? Uh, I will just tell you, in the natural, one of my greatest joys of fasting is I don't have to think about food all day long. (laughs) I don't have to think about what to fix or is this healthy or is this not? Is is this fruit a good fruit or is this a bad fruit? Is this like good for my blood type? All that stuff, you know, don't even have to think about it. It's so awesome. Um, But another joy in it is we're so much more sensitive to the spirit of God when we put our flesh aside. It makes sense when the Bible talks about, when you think about what the Bible says about the battle between the flesh and the spirit. When you're fasting, the flesh is losing and the spirit is winning. That is joyful. And the joy of knowing that my prayers coupled with fasting can move mountains. Oh my goodness. Lives can be changed completely completely I may have said it before I told the Lord if you tell me to say it I'll say it I don't know I don't but I had an aunt that I loved so dearly and I think maybe I did share it before I don't remember um and she was single and she was more like a sister to me is my aunt Sheila and I my heart just ached for her it ached for her I couldn't stand it to think that she would never have the desires of her heart to be married to have children it just was crushing to me I loved her so much anyway I was praying about it and I just made the decision I'm just going to go on a fast I'm going to fast and every day I'm just going to pray and ask God, send her a mate. Send her someone to love her. Let her have the desires of her heart. I gave God all the reasons. She took care of grandma, you know, like he didn't know all that. Anyway, and it was a very long fast. And within, I don't know the time frame, but it was within a few months she met her husband, Bill Heil. So to me, that was a direct answer to prayer coupled with fasting. I was desperate for her. She never knew it. I never told her. I never told Bill. I didn't tell anybody. But I was so desperate to see a change for her. And God answered. I'm here to tell you, he answers. (laughs) He does. Trying to see. I know I need to end. Okay. In, uh, I have this book from John Eckhart, a book about fasting. He says, as we fast and humble ourselves, the grace of God will come upon our lives. The Lord will be the strength of our life. What we could not do in the flesh, we can do by the Spirit of God. It's not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord that mountains are removed. Extraordinary situations require extraordinary measures. Sometimes it only happens when you get desperate. 
when you get so tired of being defeated and hindered in an area of life. And I'm going to end with what he continues to say. Let's see some victories we haven't seen before. Let's get some breakthroughs we haven't had before. Let's see some miracles we haven't seen before. Let's drive out some demons we haven't driven out before. Let's see some curses broken that would not leave. Let's see some generational stuff uprooted that could not be uprooted. Let's see a change. Don't give up. Keep fasting. Keep going until you know you have a victory, until you see a breakthrough, until you see something breaking. Talk about joy. The joy that happens when a seemingly impossible situation turns around is what I call unspeakable joy and full of glory. And in the words of Jesus, this kind comes only by prayer and fasting. So is there something in our lives that we are desperate to see God change? Desperate. I would just encourage you, add some fasting. It doesn't have to be 40 days for God to change things. Because he sees our heart. He knows the motive of our heart. But fasting should be a part of our Christian life, of our lifestyle of following Christ. We follow him, and he was our example, and he taught about it. But there are some things that only come by putting our flesh aside and adding fasting to our prayer. It should be between you and the Lord. It should be a very personal thing. If he speaks to you about fasting, he'll tell you how long. He'll let you know. Maybe he just wants you to give up one certain thing. Whatever it is, he's going to honor your sacrifice. I promise you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, God. For all the prayers you have answered, Lord. All the times, God, that you heard and the sacrifices that you've seen, Lord, in your people. You let us know today, God, that it has not gone unnoticed. Thank you for that word today. It is making a difference because it's making a difference in us. And we are your body. We ask for the leading of your spirit. The guiding God of your spirit. Lead us and guide us. Talk to us God about this spiritual discipline of fasting. And what we need to do. What you want us to do. And help us to follow that to the best of our ability. You never ask anything of us for us to feel condemned. That's not who you are. You ask things of us that will enhance our walk with you and help us to know you more. And I thank you for that. I thank you for it. We ask for your help today, Lord, with this discipline. 
lead us and guide us, God. Give us the strength to do what we need to do. And we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen.